Hi, thanks for taking time to listen to this week's episode of the show. It's a great episode today. I have a fantastic conversation with someone called Yvonne Kinzer. Yvonne is from Venezuela and she's in Dallas, Texas, talking to me today. Her background is quite interesting. Um, what's really interesting about this particular episode is that we're talking today about the mindset and creativity and disruption. And these are things which are crucial to anyone running a business. And as Yvonne has said to me several times, both on air and during the episode, it doesn't matter what you have, what you know, unless someone needs it and is willing to pay for it, you haven't got a business. And I think that this resonates with me because there are times when I haven't really been careful about what I'm offering or I just do the same thing as everyone else. So we're also going to talk about uh, strengths and knowing what your strengths are and using this to build a brand that uh, helps to separate you from the competition. So a lot of really high-level thinking in this week's episode. I found this really, really interesting, and I'm pretty sure you will too. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the Training Business Podcast. My name is Mark, and I, I'm the lucky guy who gets to host the show because every Thursday I get to talk to some amazing people around the world. And what I do really is to highlight some interesting conversations which I think will help you wherever you are on the journey of the following. Maybe you are a consultant, a coach, a facilitator, a trainer, and so the audience for this show are people like you and me. We are people who are working with organizations. They pay us for our expertise, our experience. Perhaps you've got IP or some kind of products like training or coaching. And that is what people are buying, or rather the output or outcomes or results from engaging with you. And I think this is why this week's episode really resonates with me. If you've not yet subscribed, please click on subscribe or follow because this will notify you of episodes as they come out every single Thursday. And of course, you can contact me via email. My email is mark at trainingbusiness.com. Yvonne, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. You're in Dallas, Texas right now. Uh, I'm in Barcelona, so we're miles apart, but we're here today to talk about something very important, which is the fact that uh, unless what we are selling or what we're producing or providing or serving is of use to a client, we don't have a business because no one's going to buy from us. Um, first of all, to introduce you, you're a CEO and um, you work with organizations um, as an advisor and uh, in areas like marketing and so on. And I think that's a crucial message uh, for many of us listening is that when we see ourselves as solution providers, uh, sometimes we get fixated upon the thing we're selling because that's what we do. It's how we describe ourselves. And we lose sight of the fact that unless what we have is of use to someone, we don't really have a business because we don't have clients who are willing to pay us to solve things. Let's think about your mentality. What have you learned over the years in, in being a, a solution provider to organizations? 
Yeah, I love the way you put it, that we get fixated on what we do because we are so close to it and we have spent so much time building it that that becomes our center and our focus. But what some business owners or providers don't realize is that the clients or potential clients, they don't care about what you have until they need it. So the approach to teaching is not to go to your potential clients and say, this is what we have and we're the best doing A, B, or C, and this is our case stories. The right approach is first listening to them and ask them, what is your biggest problem? Is there any problem that is taking your sleep away that I could possibly solve with my skills, my company expertise, et cetera. And once you listen and you understand the problem, then you go to your services, your toolbox, and um, build a customized solution for them. So it's the same. You're using your skills, you're using uh, your expertise, your tools, whatever you have, but it's a more client-centric approach where the focus is on them and not on you. And that makes a whole difference. Hmm. So you've built an agency and so you work with organizations, a variety of organizations. When you've talked to people, have you been surprised by what they need versus what you thought they needed from you? Typically, my 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 first approach, I'm very curious. I go in with curiosity. I really want to understand what are their problems. And you will be surprised how the problems even those problems that need the same tools are completely different from each other. And that leads you to use those tools in a different way. When I talk about tools, let's talk about marketing, for example. Marketing is, is marketing. It, you have the same platforms, you have uh, similar strategies, but you apply them in a different way depending on, on the problem. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't get surprised because I never, at least I try not to go with a me mentality, but with a you mentality. How can I help? And, and for me, it's an exciting challenge. And the, the more difficult is the challenge of my clients or potential clients, the, the more invested I am and the more interested and curious and excited I am uh, by the challenge of solving that problem for them. Okay. And you also say in your LinkedIn profile that you leverage your Gallup Clifton Strengths uh, score, I guess, to help brands stand out in, in their marketplace. Um, for people listening who, are, who may not know what that is, that, that's a tool which helps individuals understand what their strengths are. You, you're a maximizer, strategic thinker, a learner or activator, etc. Do you think those are the kinds of things that that someone needs to be able to to work with clients and help them to by making impact on their business? I think you know those the the strength finders of Gallup, in my opinion, is one of the most powerful tools for self awareness for anyone running a business or anyone just playing any role in a business. Because for those that are not familiar with that, it's based on every person has 35 strengths. They don't, they don't talk about 35, 35 strengths, but your top five or your top 10 are their strongest. 
So what they recommend to companies and individuals is just don't focus, don't try to don't try to be in roles where that needs your your um say uh, they don't like to call it weak, weakness, but the area yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's okay. Strong. So and 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 for those uh, running companies, place your people based on their strength, the top ten strength. So for example. Like mine, I'm a my number one is a maximizer, and I have a strong conviction that everything always can be better. One thing interesting is when I have talked about people with people about this, they confuse this with perfectionism, and ironically, it's actually the opposite. I believe that perfectionism get in the way of progress because you want to make every single detail so perfect that you're not focusing on the big picture, that what you're doing is productive, cost-efficient. So maximizing is just to do the maximum with your resources, your ideas, your um, anything that it, your resources. And, and I really, when I, that was a huge self-awareness because I kind of knew that, but nobody had told me from the scientific perspective that that's the reason... And, you know, they give you very thorough explanation. What So it's a fascinating um, tool that I recommend to anyone to just organize their teams. One, one thing that is very useful, for example, as a, as a founder of a company, if I'm looking for a partner, I'm going to look someone that brings my bottom um, strength so we can uh, have a, a balance. Uh, typically, when partnerships don't work, is because you want to partner with someone that is very similar to you, and it, it's just repetitive. And the same thing happened. These companies that um, want to hire people for cultural fit, I think that you should hire people for cultural balance um, or for strength balance uh, instead of having anyone. It's like a like a boat, right? If you put any everyone in in one side of the boat, the boat will sink. You That's true. That, that yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Marketing Association and uh, named one of the 100 most influential Latinas in the US. Uh, so you're obviously very good at um, positioning yourself as a thought leader in your area. Um, do you think that matters to clients seeing awards and accolades like that? I don't, I don't know if it matters. I, I mean, for sure, it gives you credibility. Um, and that that's, that was an interesting process because I have a say, I always say that the fish doesn't know that it's wet. So <laughs> as, as I was building that reputation in the industry, my intention was not, I'm, I'm going to build a reputation in the industry so I can get an accolade. So that never crossed my mind. I just, I'm extremely, extremely passionate about what I do and I get, I'm very very proud of the work that I put out there when it, it turns out great and I'm it's just communicated and and uh and and people were listening and that award from the marketing association was an, uh, a surprise 100% I got a call um from the president at that time and um can we talk about an award and I thought that 
I didn't know what I, th- I think. I thought that maybe they wanted to sell me a sponsorship. I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think that it was me because I didn't even know that person. And when she communicated to me, I remember I was in my car. I had to pull over and stop because it was a, sh- a positive shock because I thought I have been in this country for 21 years. No, I didn't know anyone when I came here, not one single person. I get into the marketing industry just with all the passion and dreams to build a, a great career. But I was not thinking that people was watching. And that was a big awareness that it's just a very interesting lesson of a personal brand. When you are authentic and you don't have any ulterior motive, but just like be you and do your best with the the opportunities that you have, um, people notice it and and it pays off. And and I think that lesson translates to brands that you don't need to do a lot of effort to go out of your way and try to be what you're not or what the neighborhood that is getting accolades is doing. Just be you uh, and love what you do. So you help brands and companies stand out in a crowded market. That's from your LinkedIn profile. For people listening, how would you help them or how would someone separate themselves from the competition um, in some of the ways that we've discussed today? You know, I love that question. And and we were talking offline. I wrote a book about it, about originality, creativity, critical thinking. And the answer to that question is something that sounds it may sound simple, but it's very difficult. And the more I work with multiple people in multiple brands, I realize I realized how difficult it is for people to and how scary it is to be original. I will say that the key to stand out is definitely among other things like strategic thinking and creativity and all that, but it all goes to originality. And humans, we um it's a, it's a human nature try to protect ourselves from fail, from criticism. So what is the best way to protect ourselves is just to do the things the way we have seen those things done. And and if they succeed, if nobody criticizes them, I can do the same. That's the worst. That's the worst. That's a waste um, of, of talent and resources. There's a lot of great talent in this world, and we don't, we're not giving them the opportunity to express that talent in original ways. But the brands and the individuals that are brave enough to do it and take the risk, a calculated risk, of course, those are the ones that stand out. You don't see a successful brand. I mean, think about any, any brand like Apple. I mean, any big brand. Um, you don't see any of the successful brands that got there because they did what somebody else was doing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. We all need to be disruptive in some way. Exactly. And mm. it's not just the fact, be disruptive for the fact, you know, for being disruptive. It's about everybody is, is, is original. Every brand is original. Every person is original. Every individual is original. So be original. That, that's the key. I mean, it, it, it should be simple. Be you instead of trying to copy other because second parts were never that good. And it's a, it's a tough thing to, to do because when we want to play safe, we do what someone else does because that's what works. It's the recipe. So I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll uh, model myself on someone else. There's a particular 
uh, training provider or coaching company or, or consultancy. So rather than be disruptive and risk uh, my reputation or income streams, I'll just do the same thing that everyone else does. Some people would argue that actually uh, the best thing to do is to become second or to be second because uh, they say the early bird um, gets eaten but the second, <laughs> that was the phrase, the, uh, the, um, the, the first mouse gets eaten or something like that. I'm, I'm messing up the phrase that actually what we have to do is to, we have to balance disruption with uh, innovation. And so we need to be innovative, innovative, disruptive, creative, but not so much so that we become, it, we make it hard for ourselves to explain to others what we do and why they need us. So if we're too disruptive, it's like, well, that sounds like I don't yet know why I need you. And you made a very good point when we began offline talking, which is this, it doesn't matter what you have, it doesn't matter what you know, unless it's of use to someone who's willing to pay you for what you have, what you know, what good is it? See, I, I mean, I'm sure there's opinions on both sides. Um, I particularly think that everyone should pursue being the first. What do what you want to be second? And everybody could do it if they um, understand their individuality as an as an as an individual or brand or company. Um, because it, it, it's like the DNA, right? There's not two the same. So um, I think there's there's a lot of opportunities for anyone to um, succeed. The, the word disruption, which I, I like that word, by the way, um, it sometimes is, is scary for some mm. because it means like we're going to shake the boat, we're going to take the baby out of the water. But really, uh, disruption comes from um, put out there in the market something that you are in a very unique position to do. Why are you going to waste that opportunity to be unique? That is something that I it doesn't make a lot of sense. But one of the um, in my book, like uh, like I mentioned, is um, I wrote that book with the intention to um, inspire, encourage, and motivate everyone to just be creative and be boldly creative. So one of the things that I say is a good exercise is to say if you wouldn't be afraid of judgment or criticism, what would you do? And when you ask that question yourself, you realize that the answer is completely different than what you're about to do. That is true. That is true. Yeah. I, if I wrote that down, and I think I did in January, I thought, oh my goodness, th these are things I'm, I'm not doing. What's holding me back? If, if this is the real me speaking, I want to have a couple of LinkedIn learning videos. Okay, that's in progress right now. They'll be hopefully out this year. But if you describe that to me, I wouldn't have thought that was possible, so I wouldn't have tried. And then there's the book thing. I wrote a book and I thought, well, there was a time ago, I wouldn't have thought that was possible either. So it must be quite scary, sometimes hard, when you write down those answers and you realize, you know what? I'm not anywhere near where I'd like to be. I'm just doing the same thing everyone else is doing. I'm just turning up and providing the same services as a consultant or a, or a coach or something like that. Um, so it sounds like you have this innate ability, this, this amazing ability to just go, screw it, let's do it. You, you founded a company, 
you've been very successful in helping organizations. Um, you are a maximizer, um, a learner, and also able to tap into people's needs to be innovative and creative. Um, there's that balance between personal brand. And I think sometimes people hide behind a corporate brand because then it's not me. It's just me. Or th th I'm here, but the brand is there. How do you help people or get people to think big, but not too big, but big enough to go, um, I can put myself out there as a personal brand. I know that in the past I've hid behind a, a commercial brand and I'm unwilling to share. And I'm, in fact, to some degree, I'm doing it right now. Um, how do you get people to be bolder, not just more creative and take risks with, with their messaging, with their identity and with their, their message? That, that's a very interesting thought. Um, and I will say the first, first, first of anything is you need to connect, be part, create whatever, whatever is your uh, affiliation with that specific brand. But it had to be a brand that shares your values and you share their values. If mm -hmm. there's a disconnection, it's really hard to build your brand, your personal brand, where, where in, well, you are part of something you don't believe. So I think that when, um, you are part of an organization, whether it's yours or, 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 or an external organization, um, you, you need to blend. So the way you think uh, has to match the way the organization thinks. Because if not, first of all, if you're working in an organization that is against your values, you're going to be completely miserable. But when you align, you you can express your your thoughts. You can become a thought leader um, and bring your organization with you. Actually, I believe that is the other way around. Brands don't build individuals. It's the other way around. Individuals build brands, and anyone that dares to speak and you know, like their thoughts, um, their opinions, and they are part of a brand, they are lifting that brand with their personal brand. I think personal brands somehow, depending on the environment, sometimes are more powerful than than a corporate brand because they're more authentic and it comes from an individual and people relate to people. People do business with people. That's, That's right. Mm. And despite all Apple's advertising, when people think of Apple, they still think of a person, Steve Jobs. Co completely. And do you see the example? They don't go to know Steve Jobs because of Apple. I will argue that they got to really have that sense for what the Apple brands means through Steve Jobs and everything that he say and the way he, he thinks. And still to this day, his legacy is in the product and in the company. It doesn't matter how many people come behind him. Mm. So I think that is a very powerful um, footprint that individuals leave when they, they, they build brands. Right. And we think of any organization at some point, uh, that organization has been impacted by a person, a personality. And so we have Bill Gates is still, I would say, bigger than Microsoft. And I would say the founder story, that personality has an everlasting imprint. It's part of the DNA of the organization. So if you're listening to this, you're thinking, well, I'm building a brand. I've got to bring my personality into this. I've got to be disruptive. I've got to be creative and I've got to be bold and brave. And I think sometimes when we're working for ourselves, that's daunting. 
many of us stay in corporate jobs because it's safe there. And it sounds like you didn't do that. You said, no, I'm going to build an agency or I'm willing to do these things because I believe in what I do so much that to help organizations, the only way to do that is the, just to be me. Exactly. So, so like we were talking offline, it's not that I wake up one day and say, oh, my dream is to build an agency. It didn't even cross my mind until the point that what I want to do is to build emerging brands. That's what I want to do. And I pursue my passion. I know that I'm good at it. I know that you're typically good at what, you know, you, you, you prepare to do and, and it's your passion. So that combination yeah. prepare you to do. So I know what is my passion. That's what I want to do. And when I tried to do it directly with brands, I realized that, um, it was not that easy because when you have, you want to work for a small brand, what small brand has small budgets. So. Um, it, it was not possible to go full-time at that point with uh, one of these brands. And I say, well, the only way that I have at this moment to do what I like to do with the brands that I want to do is to do it um, project-based as a consultant. But since I'm a maximizer, I say, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do it right. So I'm going to set up an agency. And in a week, I built, um, you know, get a, got a name for the company, build a website, recruit a team, got my clients and build an agency. But the mean, um, was to, the goal was to just do the work that I'm passionate mm. about and how I do it. Well, it could have been any other thing, but what it occurred to me was to build that, an agency. It's fascinating. And I'm going to provide a link to the book and uh, your business on, on the show notes for this week's episode. Um, Yvonne, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for being my guest on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed the conversation. My sincere thanks to Yvonne Kinzer for being my guest this week on the show. Really interesting conversation. And you can find out more about Yvonne by visiting her on LinkedIn. That's I-V-O-N-N-E, Kinzer, K-I-N-S-E-R. Or you can check out Yvonne's website, which is www.vantageinnovationlab.com. And as Yvonne describes herself, she helps to build amazing brands uh, with impact, making an impact for the brands that she builds and for the companies she works for. And I think that is exactly what we should be doing, which is helping organizations to be the very best that they can be through our creativity and our thinking. And this is why you've got great clients and so have I. If you want more tips or more episodes like this, please click on follow or subscribe right now to be notified of episodes as they come out. Until next Thursday, look after yourself. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.